If you will, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And when you get there, say amen. Only four people got it. Okay. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 6, And the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, See now that the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam or log from there. And let us make there a place where we may dwell. In other words, a place where we can go. A place where it's bigger than where we are right now. So he answered, Elijah answered and said, go. Then the one said, please consent to go with your servant. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And the servant cried out. He cried out and said, Master, for it was borrowed. In other words, it wasn't even mine. It was borrowed. So the man of God, I love this. He said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut a stick. Somebody say stick. And threw it in there. And made the iron float. Incredible miracle there. Verse 7. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out in his hand and took it. Ladies and gentlemen, the thought is very simple this afternoon. The title of my thought is this. Standing at the edge of your breakthrough. Standing at the edge of your breakthrough. Let us pray. Father, right now, for the next few moments, I pray that once again, I will remove myself from this and let the Holy Spirit have this way. Lord, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. And I just ask you right now that your word will go forth in power and in authority. And it will transform hearts and transform lives and challenge people, God, to move to the next level. Because you are in the business of giving them breakthroughs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This morning, many of us are standing at the edge of a breakthrough. Here in our text, at this point in Elijah's life, he is overseeing an early seminary of young prophets. And one day a junior prophet came to Elijah and told him that the campus that they were all, that they were in, it was too small. Too small. The school has outgrown its facility, if you will. Amen. They needed to do some excavation. How many know that when you're doing what God has called you to do, that he will expand your territory? He will expand your territory. And you may be experiencing something in your life, my friends, that is too small right now. Something in your life that you have outgrown. Something in your life that God wants you to expand. So the young prophet proposed a solution. This is what he said. What if we all go to the Jordan and collect beams and logs, one for each of them, and then build a new campus? Elisha tells him, go ahead. And build and expand the territory. 
But one of them asks Elijah, come along, and he agrees to come. Elijah is a team player. How many people know that it's important to be a team player? Can I get a witness here this, this afternoon? Servanthood was still an important part of Elijah's ministry. Now we fast forward down to the Jordan. They begin chopping trees, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. While one of the junior prophets is chopping away, his axe head falls into the water. He cries out and says, Elijah, he tells, he cries out to Elijah and he says, oh my Lord, my, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. Notice the verb tense there. It, for it was borrow, borrowed. This apprentice used the past tense. As far as he was concerned, this axe head is as good as gone. It reminds me of this. If you drop your keys in the molten lava, let it go, my friends. It's gone. They're gone. It's absolutely gone. If you drop your iron axe head in the river, let it go. Like that Disney song, let it go, amen. Because it's gone. In other words, this apprentice regards his loss as final. It was borrowed. Can I state to you this morning or this afternoon that you don't have to regard your loss as final this afternoon. We have all tried and failed before in many ways, but you don't have to regard your loss as final. Amen? This morning, God is going to help you reclaim your loss, whatever it may be. It may be a son or a daughter that's out astray. God is going to help you reclaim that loss today. It may be somebody that you've been praying for. God is going to reclaim that loss for you. It might be somebody that you've been asking God, God, do something miraculous in their heart or they're going to die. God is going to reclaim that loss this afternoon. Can somebody say amen? We all have all tried and failed before many ways. But you don't have to regard your loss as final. Not with Jesus. This, this afternoon, God is going to reclaim that loss. Friends, don't allow anybody to label you. We tell Teen Challenge men and women all the time, do not allow anybody to label you. Amen? Because God is still in the business of rewriting scripts. Can I get a witness? Amen. He's still in the editing business. He's still in the business. Amen. Don't put a comma. Amen. Or don't put a period where God has a comma in your life. Hallelujah. The young prophet had no expectation whatsoever that the axe head would be retrieved. But God is in the business of reclaiming that which is lost. Can somebody say amen? I think um, he wanted a little mercy or a little sympathy I, I pick up in this story. That the servant wanted some type of mercy or sympathy. But he wasn't expecting a miracle. No, he wasn't expecting a miracle. He had come to the conclusion that his loss was final. And this is a powerful teaching moment right now. Not only did the young prophet thinking his loss was final... But now he seemed to lose the only thing that made him sharp. He lost his axe. In other words, the young prophet has lost his cutting edge. And to add misery to company, he doesn't know how to get it back. And all he can do is cry out. Cry out. Verse 5 has a prerequisite, an incredible prerequisite for seeing God move. 
It said that he cried out. Do you know that crying out is mentioned in the Bible 434 times? That's 1.1 time each day that you have an opportunity to cry out to God and see him meet you there in a mighty and powerful way. Friends, in our moment of weakness, we need to cry out to God. Some in, sometimes some in this generation, I've realized, have forgotten to cry out to God. We at Teen Challenge, we help and we teach the men and women to cry out to God because that is where you're going to get your breakthrough. When you touch the hem of the garment, when you believe God for a miracle, when you open up your heart to him and you cry out to a living God, he's able to come down and meet you right where you are at in Jesus' name. Friends, this is what the church is doing. Bethlehem is doing 40 days of prayer. It means 40 days of crying out. Amen. Even if you have to do it 50 times a day, God knows your struggle and he longs to give you the strength to do that. And he doesn't want you to wallow in your regret. He wants you to cry out to him. And friends, the Bible says he will give you strength. And as followers of Christ, I believe that sometimes we've forgotten to cry out before God. We have forgotten to persevere through our issues. How many people have issues here? Oh, come on, come on. Uh, turn to your neighbor and tell him you got issues. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You got issues. Yeah, turn to your neighbor and tell him you got issues. Yeah, everybody has issues. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. I like what old preachers used to say, tarry before Jesus. In other words, let's cry out this afternoon. God will arrange and allow circumstances to arise that seem to have no solution until we cry out. Their situations seem hopeless. I see men and women, I see mothers and fathers come to our centers and cry out for their children. It seems hopeless. But we tell them we have come from dope dealers to hope dealers. Oh, can I get a witness? Amen. Tell your neighbor that's worth Facebooking right now. Amen. That's worth Facebooking. Let me tell you that, um, that sometimes God, cry seems useless and sometimes it, it seems pointless. And this is precisely the setting where Jesus will demonstrate his loving care and his powerful miracle. And sometimes, friends, a cry will bring freedom from emotional bondage. In other cases, a cry uh, to Jesus will provide healing from dreaded disease. Other times when you cry out to God, it helps you in a moment of grave danger. And sometimes a cry to Jesus will give you clear direction in seasons of deep confusion. Friends, we need to get back to crying out to God. Can somebody say amen? And moment in fear and anxiety and trouble and depression that tries to come all upon us. The right step toward experiencing God and a powerful deliverance and protection from God is simply to say, God, I'm crying out to you. And use your voice in a fervent appeal for help. Can somebody say amen? God's people throughout scripture, in their time of need, they would cry out to God. You see it throughout scriptures. Scriptures. 
Amen? With their voices for his help. His promptly answered was, with, with, uh, would be saving them uh, through the problems that they were going through. And, and the power of God falls upon them. This doesn't just happen once or twice in the Bible. But over and over and over again throughout the Bible. As people cry out, they experience a touch from God like they've never experienced before, friends. The prerequisite, can I tell you, on standing on the edge of a miracle, the prerequisite of a miracle for your life is to cry out to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Can somebody say amen? Can I take the next 30 seconds so that we can cry out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords of God Almighty? Oh, can you take 30 seconds right now and begin to praise him? Amen. Begin to praise him. Cry out to God like you've never cried out to him before. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that, Bethlehem. Come on. Rock the roof off of this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. We cry out to you. Oh, hallelujah. Give them a credit card praise. You know what a credit card praise is? Is that you're going to get it right now for the transaction later. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Give them a credit card praise. The transaction is going to take care of these altars right here. Hallelujah. When you lose your edge, you, all you have to do is cry out. When you think your loss are final, you need to cry out. When you struggle with your weakness, we need to cry out. When you see you can't see your way out, we need to cry out to God. If you want to reclaim what was lost in your life, we need to cry out to Jesus. And I'm not talking about a little hype here and there, but deep desire for change. Can I get a witness here this afternoon? Think about it this way. The young prophet didn't even necessarily do anything wrong to bring this trouble upon himself. He didn't do anything wrong. He was working hard. He was doing what the prophet told him to do. Let's cut down some trees. Let's believe God. Amen. He seemed to be doing exactly what he needed to do. Worst case scenario, he just got a little careless. And can I tell you, my friends, that sometimes when we lose our edge, it's because we get a little careless. Can I get a witness? And sometimes we get careless. We're swinging away in life, living our life, managing endless to-do lists. But at some point, we look up and we realize this isn't working anymore. I'm swinging away, but my edge is gone. My axe edge is gone. Think about it for a moment. Edge is an interesting word. To live on the edge means to be self-confident enough to believe that you will not fall off the cliff of life. Mm. Individuals who have an edge in their work are people who do something out of the ordinary. A sharp edge keeps an entrepreneur inches ahead of the competition by cutting through something new. And friends, in the same way today... Edge, an edge of an axe needs to be sharp in order to cut through life. And when we say we lose our edge, we're losing the special skills that's making us unique. Tell your neighbor you're unique. Go ahead. Yeah, you're unique. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're very unique. We're becoming, sometimes we become normal and, and routine and, 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 and become very comfortable. But when we lose our edge, we stop creating new realities. We get stuck in the way it used to be. But today, can I tell you, I'm just a mailman delivering the mail. Can I get a witness? Amen? It's up to you, UPS, to sign for the thing. 
I'm a mailman delivering the mail, and God wants you to launch you today to your destiny, but it's up to you to take a stand and believe God that God has your edge in mind. Friends, don't lose the uniqueness that made you stand out. Tell your neighbor, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. Tell your neighbor, get out of my way because God is going to do something new in my life. Oh, come on, give God some glory. Standing on the edge of your breakthrough. <laughs> if you found yourself swinging through trees of life and you've been feeling dull and, and very monotony of it all, we have good news for you this afternoon. God is able to help us reclaim our edge. That's why I'm here this morning. Every student that comes into our program, we help them reclaim their edge. Amen? And many of you within the sound of my voice this afternoon is standing at the edge of your breakthrough. You're right there. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're closer than I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm closer than I think uh, in, my, in, my, in my breakthrough. God is in the business of impossibility. And in our text, it's interesting because good thing that Elijah was on a scene. He looked at the young prophet response in verse 6 and 7. He tells the, the man of God, ask him, where did it fall? If you have your Bible, I want you to circle that. Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick. Somebody say stick. Yeah. And he threw it in there in the water. And it made the iron float. Notice there was no doom or gloom. No criticizing his pupil about his irresponsibility. Instead, Elijah asked a straightforward question. Where did it fall? Take me to that place. Take me to that. In other words, where did you last see it? In other words, ladies and gentlemen, take me to that place where you last saw your dreams. Take me to that last place where you last saw it. Take me to that place, amen. Where did it fall, the prophet asked. Oh, can I tell you this morning that if you bring God to that place where you thought everything was dead, he will resurrect it like never before. You need to take him back to those dead dreams that are on life support right now. And God wants to resurrect it. He wants to bring CPR. He wants to bring it back to life. Those things that God has laid in your heart that he, for years you've been pounding. Now is the time for the edge of your breakthrough in Jesus' name. Now is the time for you to step forward and believe God for great dreams in Jesus' name. So he wants to catapult you to that place and launch you through your breakthrough. Now here is what I love about this story. If I'm Elijah, I feel bad for the young prophet. I feel bad for him who lost a borrowed axe head. Maybe I'll let him borrow mines. Maybe I'll get him a new one. But it would never, ever cross my mind to pray that it would float. <laughs> never. It would never cross my mind that it would float. Maybe I'll get him a new one. You know what I'm saying? I'll get you a new one. Hey, we'll go to Home Depot. Amen. Go get you another one. Amen. Forget that. I would never pray that it would float. But you can tell that the wheels are turning in Elijah's mind because he asks, where did it fall? Take me to that place where it fell. What difference does it make? It's at the bottom of the river. 
But that doesn't stop Elijah. Where did it fall? And many of you are going to be asked that same question by the Holy Spirit. Where did your dream fall? Where was that place that, that you were believing God for a miracle? Where did it fall? Because I got to take you back over there. Amen. And believe that God is going to make that miracle in your life come to fruition. You know why? Because you're standing at the edge of your breakthrough. Hallelujah. God is able. Tell your neighbor he's able. Where did it fall? Where did it fall? And you know, you know what? One thing you see that Elijah is asking this question, where did it fall? Elijah is, in a sense, telling his, his young uh, pupil, I'm about to take you to school, my friend. I'm about to show you something that you've never seen before. I'm about to show you something that you've never experienced. I'm about to show you something that, 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 that you haven't acknowledged before. I'm about to take you to a place that you've never been before. Can I get a witness? Amen. Can I challenge every one of you this afternoon that Jesus wants to take you, uh, take, Jesus wants to take, Jesus wants you to take him to that place, amen, where you lost your edge, where you lost your breakthrough. Where you're reclaiming your loss today. And today he wants to launch you into your breakthrough. Friends, I need to speak to some real people this afternoon. Amen. Tell your neighbor I'm real. Amen. God is in the business. Amen. To take you to that place of breakthroughs. This afternoon, that would stand firm. I need people that would stand firm this afternoon, amen, and cry out and take a stance and announce to the enemies of your soul that this afternoon there's a sleeping giant of faith in you that has been awakened and has been marked by triumph and victory. Can I get a witness, amen? Proclaim in Jesus' name this afternoon, I'm taking back what the enemy has stolen. I'm taking back the lost years of my marriage. I'm taking back what the locust has eaten. I'm taking back the lost profit of my business. I'm taking back the lost members of my family. God gave it to me. I'm taking it back and I'm proclaiming it. I'm proclaiming it in Jesus' name. Can somebody say, I'm taking it back? Yes, I'm taking it back. That's how we have to get into devil's face. I'm taking it back. I'm going to give you a black eye today, man. Get behind me and don't push. Hallelujah. I'm taking it back. And when he showed him that place, Elijah cut a stick. Somebody say stick. And threw it into the water. And when the axe head rose to the surface and floated. Can I tell you something? I love the King James Version of this verse. It said, the iron did swim. So not only was the first mention of the seminary in the Bible here. When they were building the seminary. But here is now the first school of defying physics in the Bible. And let me tell you what we do as pastors here. The altar call, the altar is a place where God begins to reclaim that which is lost. And reclaim your cutting edge. And what we do as pastors here, what we do is we throw sticks, amen, at the altar. And allow God to do the miracle. That's what we do. That's what we do. Can I get a witness? That's what we do as pastors. We throw sticks, amen, at the altars and believe God for the miracle that he is doing and is going to do. And sometimes we need bigger sticks. Can I get, tell your neighbor, you got issues. Go ahead. Tell them that, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you got issues. Sometimes you need bigger sticks. You, the, the popsicle sticks doesn't do it, amen? I need big sticks to come and do a work in my life. I need big sticks, amen? I need something that God can do. Your miracle, amen, your miracle has to match, amen, the stick. So right now God is just saying, right now some of you may have a little stick, amen? Some of you may have a big stick. Oh, can I get better here? Some of you may need a bigger stick. Can I get a witness, Amen. Some of you may need a bigger stick for the miracle that you might be going through in your life. I know I do. Hallelujah. When I came to Teen Challenge over 20 years ago, my mom needed a big stick because the little popsicle stick's only going to do it. Amen. God brought me back. He brought me back. He brought me back from the dead. The reason why I'm so passionate about Teen Challenge is because God raised me from the dead. Amen. I've been gunned down with a 9mm left for dead. And God said, no, no, no. I have a plan for a purpose for his life. And that was 22 years ago. And now God has resurrected me. Amen. To help people turn their life around. I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Oh, that's good. So to this, this afternoon, my challenge to you is very simple. If you feel like you're at the edge of your breakthrough, you feel like you're right there, right there, then this word is for you because God is going to catapult you to your destiny. God is doing and is in the business of extraordinary miracles. He blows our minds by doing the opposite of what we think should be done. Have you ever experienced God when you think he should be doing this and he does something different? Amen. Jesus is the master of keeping his edge. He's always on the edge of breakthroughs because he's always one step ahead of us. Two steps, three steps. For some of us, ten steps. Amen. One miracle ahead of what everyone else is doing. So the axe head floats to the surface. And this is what the Lord spoke to me about this portion of scripture. And then we're going to uh, wrap it up right now. Here's the takeaway. Are you ready for this? No matter how far gone you have went. And no matter how far you have sunk. No matter how deep your situation may be. No matter how complicated your circumstance is. No matter how significant or insignificant you think that your situation is, Jesus is able to bring it right back to the top. Oh, that's good stuff. Jesus is able to bring it right back to the top. Can we give him a good clap offering this afternoon? Amen. As I invite the worship team to come. I want everybody to stand with me. Stand with me this uh, afternoon. Stand with me this afternoon. I want to challenge every one of you. And I'm going to invite, I'm going to have an invitation to the altar. And this is what the Lord gave me. He said, as you invite people forward, I want them to grab a stick. I'm going to provide you with a stick. And what I'm going to ask you to do is grab, get, uh, you know, uh, get out of your uh, chair Grab your stick and then come as close as possible to the altar. Because many of you this afternoon are at the edge of your breakthrough. I believe that many of you within the sound of my voice are going to get promotions. 
God is going to do it. You're going to come to, you're going to come to, to work tomorrow and they're going to say, hey, come to the office. You go, I'm in trouble again. Oh, my gosh. No, they're going to say, listen, we are just giving you a promotion because you're at the edge of your breakthrough. This afternoon, I want you to get out of your seat and grab your stick and come to the altars. Right now, as the worship, sing, the worship uh, team sings that, I want you to come. Come out of, your, uh, out of your chairs and come forward. Come grab your stick right now. Come on. Come on, grab your stick and keep coming forward. We're going to pray and then I'm going to let you go. Amen. It's going to be that simple. Hallelujah, Jesus. You won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. Hallelujah. Come on. Grab your stick. No wall, you won't kick and come forward and get your miracle. Come on, grab your stick and go for Believe for a miracle. Come, balcony, come. Come, grab your stick and come. Get your miracle. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Line you won't tear down. Coming after me. As we sing this one more time, I want you to listen to this. Don't miss this. The Bible says that Elijah said to him, grab it. He told his servant, grab it. And the man reached out and grabbed it. He grabbed this miracle. And I think the apprentice was so surprised to see what he was seeing that he just stood there in shock. He was like, no, what is this? You defied gravity altogether. And here's the shock that God is able to bring you to that place that you've never been before. He's able to give you that miracle. But the prerequisite is that you have to grab it. You have to grab your miracle. And one of the ways that you grab your miracle is to cry out to a living God, not a dead God, a living God that's able to meet you like he's never met you before. So as we sing this one more time, I want you to take the next 30 seconds and begin to cry out to God and reclaim that which was lost in your life.